Lorenzo Kane, no longer a Milwaukee Brewers. Saturday, uh, the news came out uh, around the afternoon that Low Kane DFA'd. He hit 10 years of service. Uh, the Brewers waited for him to do that. And then after that, he had a meeting with David Stearns, Craig Council and company, and they uh, both said it was a mutual decision to say goodbye to each other. Low Kane DFA'd. What did you think when you woke up and saw that news, Rowdy? Yeah, I couldn't actually believe that they they followed through and and did it just because it was his last year of the contract. He was making seventeen million this season. Just straight up DFAing a player that's making that kind of money, especially the veteran that Lorenzo Kane is and was. Yeah, I thought it was really surprising they followed through. But then when you read more into it and you saw some of the tweets from some of the beat writers for the Brewers, and they said it was a mutual decision. Remember in 2018 where he had a career year with the Brewers. Obviously, the Brewers fell one game short of the World Series after they lost to the Dodgers in seven games in the NLCS. He came back in 2019, and he the bat wasn't as good. He just looked a little bit older. I know he still won a gold glove in 2019, but in complete honesty, that was probably like a makeup a makeup vote for when he should have won it in 2018. Like he was, don't get me wrong. He was still a really good fielder, yeah. but he had his better year in 18 and, and was robbed of not winning it. Wins it in 2019. And then in 2020 played the first week decides it's better for him and his family to not play baseball. Yep, yep, yep. And then I came out right after he did that and said, this is a mistake. This he quit on this team. And now this is going to hurt his career. He came back in 2021 and was a shell yeah, of was. what he even was in 2019. I mean, that you could tell. He, he never got his lower body right. And that, that kind of came into this season. He just looked old. It was just time. Yeah, it was time for Locaine to just, you know, be done. And Locaine now is done. So we'll talk uh, Lorenzo Cain. I got some audio from Locaine as well as uh, David Stearns about it. Yeah, it was just crazy. Did, did you did you have a favorite Locaine memory, Rowdy? I mean, you were a Locaine fan for the longest time. I mean, you're not you're not not a Locaine fan, right? Like, well, that was the thing. It's like when I because I sat out on these airwaves and criticized him pretty much all season because he's not the same player that he was. Clearly, like you could see that he was close to the end of his career. He he was done. And I think the biggest thing is. Since 2020, I think for the most part, I think Lorenzo Cain was mentally done. Because yeah. remember, remember in 2020, plays the week. Then he says, oh, I'm actually not going to play because of family and health issues and blah, blah, blah. And then comes back. And when he came back in 2021 to spring training, he was Nothing. talking about how it was hard to come back and how he his missed. Legs. He missed being around his family and he enjoyed the time with his family. You could already tell when you're in your mid thirties, you had a bad year or two and now you got time to spend with your family and you're talking about how, how much harder it was to come back and play. You're, you're not mentally all there. You're not mentally in the game and you could tell that he was on the fence for the last couple of years. And then it doesn't hurt to kind of lean more to the retirement way when your lower bodies is, uh, you know, kind of, uh, yeah. letting you down when you're feeling the aches and pains more and more as you get older. 
it was time. It was probably time two years ago, if we're being honest. Yeah. Uh, Lorenzo Kane, 10 years, though, 36 years old. Uh, you're not going to do too much when you're hitting 179. That was his average for the Milwaukee Brewers this year. 179 uh, for Lorenzo Kane. Really struggled. Uh, out there uh, for the crew, uh, 179 in 145 at-bats. Uh, the vet was 4 for 26 in the month with no walks and seven strikeouts. That's whew, that's tough. Now, remember, Locaine broke, uh, broke in with the Brewers in 2010, uh, spent the next seven seasons in Kansas City before uh, returning back to the crew as a free agent in 2018. And what a magical season 2018 was. Uh, he's in the final year, five-year, $80 million deal. Uh, and the move comes on the same date on Saturday where he is 10 years of major league service. I would say the biggest two memories for Lorenzo Kane as a Milwaukee brewer. And there's two of them that come to mind 2018 game 163, where he had the go ahead base hit RBI base hit. And that would have been against the Cubs obviously in 163. Mm-hmm. And then Literally the next regular season game in 2019 where he robbed the St. Louis Cardinals to win game one to start the season. Yeah. Locaine. I mean, there, and we'll talk about this today. We're here till 10, obviously. Uh, for some of our affiliates out there, I know we drop off a little earlier. Uh, but for Lorenzo Kane, uh, there's, there's players, Rowdy, in our professional uh, teams that we root for where, you know, they're longtime stays and eventually – Father time, you could tell, starts catching up to him, and you're like, ah, I think it's time for this guy to go. I don't really want to see him go, but I think it's time for him to go. Well, when he signed the contract and David Stern signed with that five-year deal, there were people right when it was signed that were saying, man, you might be eating some of that money late <laughs> into the career. Yeah. Just because he was, he it wasn't like he was super young when at the time the Brewers signed no, him. No. They knew for sure they were going to get, you know, two, three good seasons out of Lorenzo Cain, but those last one or two, it could be dicey. Well, Was he like 31, 32 when he signed back with the Brewers? Yeah, now look at it. He's 36, 37, and he's at the end of this this contract and he's making how they paid it. He was making more and more per season as longer that it went. So yeah, they knew that there were going to be some dicey years at the end. Yep. And that's how it, I mean, that's how it is in professional sports, right? You know, no one can ever really have their final say in how they end their career. Um, the guys usually hang on way too long, or maybe there's some injuries. It's very rare that you get to see a guy go out on top or, uh, you know, by his own power. So Lorenzo Cain, um, I don't. Do you think he resurfaces? I mean, we'll, I guess we'll talk about this more coming up. But do you think no Cain resurfaces anywhere? I think Lorenzo Cain is officially done playing baseball. It doesn't make sense from what I see from him uh, playing the last couple years. Because remember when I was getting pissed earlier this season, where it would be like there just was no effort, and yeah, yeah. and I called out Lorenzo Cain. Uh, I've called out Christian Yelch, but I called out Lorenzo Kane, where it's like normally he'd hustle to the baseball on a base hit and he'd pick it up, throw it into the infield, and that's that. Yep. But he like jogged to it, took his time, and the guy was hustling out of the box and what should have been just a single turned into a hustle double, and I'm like, that's ridiculous. Like that's <laughs> but that's that's, that's not that's, that's not Lorenzo Kane. Yeah, it's not Locaine. And it's a, you sh- could, it's a shell of himself. Well, the effort, it's not even that it's the effort wasn't there. And it's like, this is a guy that when he came up in the, what I think it was late 
2000s, early 2010s as a young kid. Mike Cameron was a center fielder for the Milwaukee Brewers, and I loved Mike Cameron. Like, he was the professional of all professionals. And he was saying, this kid's going to be a good one. Yeah. Well, then obviously he's traded to the Kansas City Royals in the Zach Grinky deal and goes on to have a pretty dang good career with the Kansas City Royals, multiple time All Star, obviously World Series champion, Gold Glover. He's got it all going on. But when when all of a sudden he wasn't making those simple plays, and it's not like it was a play where he had to make some great play, but it was just hustling and being there, yeah. you could tell he didn't really want to be there anymore. <laughs> and the numbers kind of spelled that out too. Yeah, they do. And then there's this. So the well, I got comments from Locaine, David Sturz. We'll so do I think he surfaces again? Yeah, do you think he surfaces? No, he reached his 10 years. He liked spending time with his family. I think Lorenzo Kane is walking off into the sunset, but I wouldn't rule out if he wanted to Lorenzo Kane being able to come back and be like a manager or a coach. I, I really, oh, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. I really do think Lorenzo Kane is a smart baseball player does know a ton about the ins and outs of baseball. And if he wanted to could probably get into to coaching and managing now that might be 10 years from now. Sure. But I don't think we're ever going to see him play baseball again. I will get comments from Locaine coming up. Uh, in his replacement after they DFA'd him, they brought up Jonathan Davis. So check this out. Uh, Locaine was batting 179. They bring up Jonathan Davis, who's batting a career 177. Yeah. <laughs> he's not the answer. No, no, he's not. He's not the answer. Lorenzo Kane, Rowdy. I wanted to get to finally his, his comments here. Uh, so I saw this from Adam McKelvey. Uh, Lorenzo Kane showed up to his first baseball practice in 10th grade wearing a collared shirt, jean shorts, and basketball shoes. He then went on to play 10 years in the majors, made two all-star games, won a gold glove in a World Series. And then on Saturday, DFA'd by the Brewers. Yeah, and it sounded like he started playing baseball because his mom didn't allow him to play football. Is it because of injury or money or both? Probably because from what it made it sound like, because she thought it was too dangerous. Yeah. I know, you know, football can be expensive too. You know, hockey is probably the most expensive sport. Uh, but yeah, Lorenzo Kane, how would, how would you like that? You showed up to baseball practice because your mom didn't want you to play football. You're wearing a collared shirt, jean shorts and basketball shoes. You're such a gifted athlete. Ten, and then you're playing in the majors for 10 years. What an incredible story. Lorenzo Cain, uh, what he was able to accomplish in his career, you know, nothing short of awesome, right? Again, two All-Star games, Gold Glove, World Series. And then he got 10 years to the day on Saturday and then DFA'd by the Brewers. I wanted to play Low Cain's uh, clip. Uh, Adam McKelvey had posted on his Twitter account. Take a listen. Um, are you able to reflect, Low, on just kind of how improbable this whole journey has been, thinking back to your high school days and... Huh. If it is the end or whether you continue on, um, just yeah. the resume that you've put together as a baseball player. Yeah, I mean, the, the kid that, you know, from Madison County that showed up and, um, you know, didn't have a, a glove or a bat, cleats, any of that. You know, I kind of had to borrow everything uh, from the very beginning. And um, to say that I've, you know, played 10-plus years in the show, you know, I mean, I couldn't ask for anything more. So uh, it's been a great ride for me, fun ride. Um put a lot of work in, um, just put his body through a lot over the years. So uh, at the same time, I'm, I'm, I think it's, the body is definitely ready to rest a little bit for sure. 
Well, I don't know if I ever got to ask you this. What was your first day at baseball practice like? Do you remember? Oh, man. Um, oh, man. Yeah, I ended up, I had a collar shirt on, some jean shorts, and uh, <laughs> and I think some basketball shoes back then. That was my very first practice I showed up to. Like I said, I didn't have any cleats, glove, or anything. I borrowed everything uh, from the very beginning. And um, I've, I've had great people in my life to kind of push me, uh, who's helped me out a lot from my high school days all the way up to now. So um, I've definitely been very fortunate. Uh, been blessed to play as long as I did. And um, like I say, if, it, if it's the end, you know, can't really be be upset about anything. Man, Locaine at the end there, uh, getting a little teary-eyed, obviously. Uh, he's holding the emotions back as he's uh, reliving, you know, his journey through, uh, you know, Again, showing up with collared short uh, shirt, jean shorts, and basketball shoes to ten years in the majors. Pretty crazy. Uh, big fan of Locaine, though, Rowdy. I mean, obviously, you could see it was the end uh, when he came back from taking that year off. I, I mean, you had called it as well. It was, you know, just the body wasn't there anymore, right? Yeah, and I kind of called this in twenty twenty one going into the season. Yeah. Remember when we had our Mount Notice and it was Yelich after <laughs> yeah. after that awful 2020, and then it was Lorenzo Kane, a guy that was getting older and older, and clearly took a year off. And in any professional sport, when you take a year off, yeah, it was tough. Name a player where they actually get better. It really doesn't happen. And then on top of that. He was a guy already in his 30s, getting closer to his mid-30s when he did it. Yeah. I mean, that was a practically a death sentence for your career. Yeah. And then when he came back, like, I remember spring training when he first came back, like, oh, he's still trying to get his legs. He's still trying to get his legs. Never really got his legs. And he never really was able to stay healthy or feeling good since then. Yeah. Last year, remember, it was, you know, a lot of aches and pains, the lower body, hamstrings, quads, groins, whatever you want to say. And then this season, same thing. It was like he had a lot of bumps and bruises. It was time. Yeah. Our guy Thick Cheddar says uh, the one person who took a year off and came back, Michael Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) His airness. But he said, LOL. Yeah. Yeah. But he's the GOAT. And the only other guy I can think of that took time off and came back and was like practically just as good as Ricky Williams. Yeah, the King says Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning was hurt, though. We're not talking about injury. He had neck surgery. We're not talking about injury and surgery. Like, someone just, you just take off. Now, Locaine did it because of COVID, and he said it's the best decision for his family. Look at Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, how'd that work out for him? Not good. Didn't. Uh, David Stearns talks about Lorenzo. eh, He got his money, but his production production on the field wasn't good. Yeah. Uh, David Stearns also took to... uh, the media after Lorenzo King got DFA'd. And David Stearns was talking about his favorite Locaine moments and uh, just what he meant for the Brewers in his career. Take a listen. Brewer. I, I was actually I was thinking about that um, earlier this morning, and there, there are a couple of memories that um, that jump out. The the hit off of C-Sheck um, in an incredible at-bat in game 163 um, is the top one. Um I think about the um, opening home opener the, the following year um, with the, the game-saving catch, robbing the home run. Um, and then I, I think about um, game four last year in Atlanta um, where he scotch-taped himself together, played a game that he had no business playing in, um, and performed. And I think that's the type of game that exemplifies who this player is. 
Um, there, there are very few players. That, excuse me. There are very few players I've ever been around um, who would have the ability to get on the field in, in the state he was that day. Um, and so th- those are the three that that jump up right away. You know, when you sign a guy to a five-year deal, there's a chance it ends in a disappointing way. But I, I imagine that doesn't make today easier for you and Craig. No, it it, it doesn't. And look, when at the front end of a contract, you don't envision it ending in this manner. Um, frankly, endings are, are never easy, um, regardless of how they occur. Um, this one is not either, even though it is, it's one where I think everyone understands. Um, it's not easy. And, and Lowe's been a part of all of our lives for, for five years now. And, and so... Um, he's a big part of it. So there you go. There's David Sturds. And, Ruddy, I want to play some clips. I know you just sent me some. I want to do that coming up here. Uh, Christian Yelich talking about what low cane means to this club. Also, big moments from Lorenzo Cain. And you had brought it up earlier, that ca- that hit uh, at game 163. And you could say right then and there, that's when both organizations, Cubs and Brewers, started going different trajectories, right? I mean, look at the Cubs now. God, they're, they stink. Say almost every athlete never gets to call their own shots and how they want to end their career. I don't think if you were to ask Lorenzo Kane, hey, Lo Kane, how do you want to end it with the Brewers? Yeah, I want to be batting 179 in a shell of myself. I don't, I don't think that's how that works. Professional sports is a cruel mistress. Indeed it is. Very cruel. Um, it's only like a handful of people that have been able to call their own shots. Uh, the one that really just, just because I saw it happen, Jerome Bettis, the bus, wins the Super Bowl for the Steelers, and then he says, I'm retiring. Um, Derek Jeter, Jeter comes up as one. It's 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 few and far between. Tom Brady feels like he's trending that way. Yeah, Tom Brady, I feel like could, but yeah, it's 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 tough to get your own call your own shots. I mean, father, you want to hang on, you want to keep doing what you do at a high level, but here's the thing: there's always one guy behind you or a couple guys behind you trying to take your job away from you and be better than you, and father time eventually catches up and. What what they say, Rowdy? What goes up must come down. Except for us. Never coming down, baby. All right, Lorenzo Kane, a couple of moments. Rowdy had sent this one to me. Power threat off the bench for Cardinals, and there's a fly ball back in the deep right center field. Lorenzo Kane. Yeah, that's uh. So that would have been opening day of 2019. We were actually at the red zone because if you remember, we yeah. had like a little keg opening day party hell because yeah. the show was unable to go to Miller Park at the time for opening day. Yep, yep. So we had a bunch of people out at the red zone. Some listeners came out, showed up, had a beer, hung out, watched the game, had a great time. So that yeah, that was one of the two moments that really came to mind for me. Then we super partied when that happened. Well, we already were super partying, but yeah, here's another one, Rowdy. And this is uh, this was the fateful day you and I watching in my office, right? Where I went in for the hug, you went in for the high five, and then it turned into some weird, awkward like middle school dance embrace. Brewers did win 163 games though for the NL Central. This is you got a tap in and all of a sudden you go away, and it's standing room only. Two one lead in the eighth. I mean that hit 
That hit right there, absolutely huge. Brewers go on to you know win the NL Central in then Miller Park South. Some refer to it as Wrigley for game one sixty three. And oh my God, I couldn't. I've never felt happier that day, Rowdy, than seeing the Cubs lose at Miller South to the Milwaukee Brewers, courtesy of Lorenzo Cain. All right, so one Christian Yelich uh, had talked about what uh, Lorenzo Cain, mad respect for Lowe, and what he'll miss most behind the scenes uh, about Lorenzo. Take a listen to Christian Yelich here. It's not an accident. You make it 10 years. You don't make it 10 years because you're a good guy, because you're you know, a good teammate, because you're, you're a really good player, and um, a winning player, contribute to winning teams. And those guys stick around for a long time. They're valuable, and um, it's no accident, so... I think uh, you know that kind of speaks for itself. When you say someone has 10 years in the big leagues, that's kind of what comes next. Like, yeah, this guy's a damn good player because you have to be. You know, there's a lot of guys that play a year, two, three. Guys have a good year or two, and then you don't really hear from them. Hear from them again. You know, you have to do it year after year after year to make it that long, and uh, it's really hard to do. You gonna miss watching him shuffle in with his sunglasses on? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of low story that you probably miss. And, you know, a few years removed from now, there's not going to be a whole lot of guys that really remember him, you know, because there's so much turnover in this game. But that's one of them, him taking 45 seconds to get to and from center field or whatever, and then making a sprinting catch at the wall, you know, walk slow, run fast is kind of his, his motto. And, uh, tossing the, tossing the, the rosin bag when he goes to the plate, which he's smoking with a ton of times because I forget that he does it. And then, uh, what else? Just... You know, he is, he's just funny in the clubhouse, man. He's, a, he's just a good guy, a good teammate. And, um, yeah, we'll definitely, we'll definitely miss him. And, uh, we'll have those stories to, to remember. And hopefully he comes around, man. You know, I know he's kind of going to probably go off and do his own thing, go back to, to his home and uh, hide out for a little while. But hopefully he still pops in every now and then and, and comes around. So uh, there's Yelly talking about it. And our guy Thick Cheddar on Twitch, and you had said something similar to this, Rowdy. I wish Locane would stick around, but as a bench coach. News came Friday that one Kurt Benkert, done, D-U-N-E, cut from the Green Bay Packers. And you know sports or football that is NFL is in a tough time right now. As I uh, was watching uh, it unfold, people yelling Packer fans yelling at other Packer fans on how to be a true fan of one green and gold, which always boggles my mind. It was Kurt. Some people didn't understand why everyone was so upset that Kurt Benkert was cut and others were just adamant of how good of a locker room guy he was rowdy and how great of a person he was. And we all should feel bad that Kurt Benkert was cut from the Packers. I fell into the, I don't really care camp. Yeah. When I saw the, (laughs) when I saw that the Packers had released Kurt Benkert, I went, huh, that's interesting, and then kept scrolling. Yeah, and then what I then watched unfold is people, again, like I was just saying, yelling at each other about how to be a true fan of one Kurt Benkert. I just, like, he's a big video gamer. He's a big guy that uh, is on Twitch and streams a lot, so it's not like he's leaving his video game platform, so if you want to be a, continue to be a fan of him that way, then by all means, feel free. Uh, but Rowdy, Kurt Benkert was, um, he took to Twitter, um, well, he was doing an interview while he was streaming, and they were – there might be some swearing in this. I'm going to play it and see what happens. All right, here's Kurt Benkert on getting cut from Brian uh, by Brian Gutekunst. I mean, shoot, even when I when I had my meeting with Gut the other day, like I, I saw a lot of bashing of Gut on social media, 
and I did not love it, but I know it really wasn't my place to like tweet about it. But I want you guys to know, like the way that he did it and went about it, like mad respect for him and for the window that he cut me in to give me an opportunity to actually go somewhere and compete for another job to make the 53, knowing that there was no chance for me to make the 53 here, like respect. All right, there, so, and they said respect the bleep out of him. So he's giving Brian Gutekunst credit here, Rowdy. He's saying, like, it, it, it was, I understand why he did it. It was the right move. I respect the bleep out of him to give me a chance to make the, a team somewhere else. Um, so Kurt Benkert, you know, taking the high road, while other ones were, I can't imagine why Kurt Benkert will be cut from this team. And then I got into the, the weeds of Twitter about I would rather have Jordan Love Oh, I'm sorry, I would rather have Kurt Benkirk, my backup quarterback, than one Jordan Love. Did you see that at all, those takes? Yeah, no, I, see, I I've really heard just it, scrolled through and just didn't care enough to follow back up. But, I mean, you look at Kurt Benkert. Yeah, he's been around, what, he was with Atlanta, where he was like a practice squad quarterback. So it's not like he was just drafted a year or two ago. He has been around. He's kind of been a practice squad, third string guy for a few years here now. I don't know if Kurt Benkert ever played in a game. The Green Bay Packers are absolutely screwed. Kurt Benkert <laughs> did play in a game, Rowdy. He took two snaps where he kneeled the ball twice in victory formation while Jordan Love was out with COVID. Sorry. If he <laughs> plays in a game other than victory formation, the, the Packers, Packers are, are screwed. screwed. And I think you would even say that you wouldn't have a good feeling about the Packers season if Aaron Rodgers was down for a number of weeks. Correct. Now, just looking at it on its surface, I mean, you have Kurt Benkert, a guy that wasn't drafted out of college, yeah, had caught agent. on, bounced around from a team or two. Jordan Love, the Packers invested a first-round pick. Not only did they invest a first-round pick, they traded up in the first round to go get Jordan Love. Clearly, they hold Jordan Love in a higher uh, caliber or or esteem than Kurt Benkert yep. and when Aaron Rodgers missed games last year, whether it was with COVID who started that game, Jordan love oh. who came in when he played half a game against the lions, Jordan love Jordan love is the guy that they are currently questioning whether or not he is the quarterback of the future. If Aaron Rodgers moves on in the next year or two, yep. they're not Kurt Benkert is just a guy. Sorry if you like him playing video games or you think he's a good locker room guy. He's literally just that. He's just a, a guy. guy. And he doesn't have as much ability as Jordan Love. Even if you claim that you want him to play over Jordan Love or that he's better, he's just not. Yeah. And if he was, he'd be playing ahead of Jordan Love. He would. Because even with Jordan Love being drafted, they don't have to make him the second stringer. Remember when he was a rookie? Yeah. He was third string. He didn't even suit up. No, he wore a tracksuit the entire time. So now the, and then there's a lot of people saying, well, well, Kurt Benkert, uh, he's better than Jordan Love. Well, Jordan Love's a bust. Jordan Love's this. Jordan Love's that. We need Kurt Benkert. He said, if you have Aaron Rodgers down, you are screwed no matter what, to Rowdy's point. Again, Kurt Benkert came in and kneeled the ball down twice when the Packers beat the Bears. 45 to 30 in Chicago and Jordan Love had COVID. So they put Kurt, Aaron Rodgers had to go and champion for Kurt Benkert at the end of the game to Matt LaFleur to put him in. Yeah. And to quote Aaron Rodgers, if, if you feel that 
Kurt Benkert is truly better than Jordan Love, that's just categorically false. Yes. There's no doubt about it. And what, what, what okay. Yeah, there's no way. I, mean, I was going to say, like, what if Kurt Becker actually is? It's, that's not, it's not, it's not happening. He, he's not. It's not happening. He would have gotten off of the practice squad. He would have actually played in the Kansas City game if he was. Yeah. Uh, with Ben Kurt now gone, it's Rogers, Love, and then Danny Etling. Oh. Former Purdue quarterback. Danny Etling. Purdue, L- Purdue LSU, transfer. Right? Was he at Purdue. LSU too? He was one of the many guys at Purdue that transferred out and, yes, went to LSU. Yeah, he was on the Patriots for a little bit. What they they oh, signed he was on him. a lot of teams, actually. They yeah. signed he's, him he's at the around. end of last year to the practice squad. It, what he is is basically another arm for these he's like, training camps. He's like Kurt Becker without, without the streaming. Yeah, he's been on a lot of teams since 2018. Patriots, Falcons, Seahawks, Vikings, the BC Lions, the Seahawks again, the Broncos, the Packers, the Jaguars, and now the Packers. The again. only one he's been on the active roster for is the Falcons in 2019. Yippee ki Mr. Falcon. And he's not your answer either, but no. neither was Kurt Benkert. You're still trying to figure out if Jordan Love is your guy or who your next quarterback is and whether that guy is in high school right now, if that guy's in college right now. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where is that other guy? Because I don't think Jordan Love's that guy. All right, again, Kurt Benkert, though, out there talking about how Goody, let, you know, play it one more time for he's you. playing for another NFL team right now. Here's Kurt Benkert on getting cut. Um, I mean, shoot, even when I, when I had my meeting with Goody the other day, like, I saw a lot of bashing of Goot on social media, and I did not love it, but I know it really wasn't my place to, like, tweet about it. But I want you guys to know, like, the way that he did it and went about it, like, mad respect for him and for the window that he cut me in to give me an opportunity to actually go somewhere and compete for another job to make the 53, knowing that there was no chance for me to make the 53 here, like, respect the shit out. Um, the bleep out of him. There it is. You didn't get that. No, we got, we got it just fine. <laughs> uh, line one, good morning. Who's this? Eric on I-90. Hey, Eric, what's up, dude? Hey, you guys probably need a quarterback, eh? I mean, is Kirk Cousins the answer? You go get Kurt Benkert. Is it Kirk or Kurt? It is Kirk. Kurt. K-U-R-T. Kurt. Well, I mean, it's a slow news day when you're, right, when the practice squad quarterback got caught in a lot of people in their feelings over it, Eric. A lot of people upset. A lot of people upset. I think there's a bigger opportunity out there. <laughs> you'd, you'd like Whitewater to think Jesus. so. Whitewater Jesus got released from the Bills. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So I, I Uh-oh. think that's got to be a topic, right? Oh, I mean, man. we love that guy. I mean, he is like the Kurt Benkert of wide receivers, isn't he? Maybe he's going to go to Kurt Benkert's house and practice. So they can be on the same practice squad. Yeah, there it is. Package deal. Uh, Eric, I think you're vying for the Vikings to get old uh, Jake Kumaro. No, no, we're, no, no. No. I don't know. I mean, you're looking to replace that, uh, you know, replace Stephon Diggs still, I heard. So maybe it's. (laughs) You know, Stephon Diggs has had a rough time of it since he left. I think think he's got to look inward. (laughs) I don't know. I think he's doing okay with the Bills. He's done pretty well for himself. I think the Bills are doing okay with him. Right, but he's not getting where he wants to go. He's standing out on the field, pissed off. Uh, I, I don't know. I think he might be getting closer because the Vikings not getting to a Super Bowl anytime soon. Bill's knocking on the door. Are they? Yeah. I don't know. You think so? I, What's the yeah. odds? 
I mean, they they've been this season. They're a top what two, three, four team. I think they're the second or projected third to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, and if the game would have been longer against the Kansas City Chiefs, they probably are punching their ticket to uh, Super Bowl. <laughs> Right, right. I mean, they did play probably one of the greatest football games yeah. ever played. Oh, yeah. Right? That game was awesome. It was. It was. It was probably one of the best I've ever seen. But Eric, how's you know, the, everybody yeah. have a good Father's Day weekend. I went, went golfing, you know. You know, good. Nice. Yeah. Yourself? Are you guys both fathers? I have, there's no, we have a combined no zero kids in this room. Zero kids. Well, then you should have been trying to become a father this weekend. Hey, who At says least? I wasn't practicing, Eric? Come on. <laughs> Right? If you're not a father, just get out there and try to be one. (laughs) I'm going to go pick some random kid. Well, that sounds a little weird, actually. I'll figure it out. I was just saying I'm going to pick some random kid out and be his dad, but that just sounds like kidnapping. I'm I'm coming up on a break here. I got to go. Bye. There there is. Eric's calling his own shots. There it is. But I would say, Eric, to put a bow on it, I think Stefan Diggs is doing okay. He's doing all right. With his no, aspirations didn't he, of a Super didn't Bowl. he come out and have like an interview or comments just like last season while he was like thankful to get out of Minnesota? Yes, yeah. he did. Yeah. And how he, Josh Allen's so much better and how the Buffalo Bills are such a better organization. I'm pretty sure he came out and said that, stuff that like that. That was a thing that happened last, hit last year. You're right, Rowdy. He did. It was almost the complete opposite of what Eric just said, though. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> well, Eric, hey, he, had, he had to go. He had to do something. Right? But, I mean, are we really going to be in denial when we hear Adams say his current quarterback and his past quarterback are on the same level? Yeah, when Devonta Adams <laughs> says that Derek Carr is on the same level as Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but at least Stefan Diggs passed the eye test. <laughs> I mean, that, that's true. Josh Allen looks a little bit better than Kirk Cousins. I mean, he looks a lot better than yeah. Kirk Cousins. A <laughs> yeah. little bit. At least a little bit. <laughs> so there you go. So much better. A and lot that of, team looks a little bit better, just a too. Little. Just a, a lot tad. of people were wondering, with the roster spot open, with Kurt Benkirk being seated, who's going to fill up with? And now Eric on I-90 could be onto something. Jake Kumaro released from the Bills a couple days ago. They, they don't have a, a solid number one. There's right not now, a solid so. number one wide receiver. I don't bring, know if you're going to find that in Jake Kumaro. Bring him home. But he is Whitewater Jesus. Bring him home. All right, a four-game set for your Milwaukee Brewers. They are tied for first place in the NL Central with the St. Louis Cardinals, and that is exactly who is coming into AmFam Field. On Twitter poll going on. What do you think happens when this four-game series concludes? Brewers win the series, a split series, or the Cardinals win? 52% going split! And then Brewers win, Cardinals win, tied at 24%. What'd you vote, Rods? Yeah, so I voted split too. Every single time you come into a four-game series, the rule of thumb is you always have to look to at least split. Now, especially when you're playing like a St. Louis Cardinal team, that is a team that was projected to be in the wild card hunt at the beginning of the year, currently tied atop the NL Central with the Milwaukee Brewers. This is a series where you have to come in and you have to at least get a split. I mean, this is, and then if they split, guess what? They'll be still tied for first place in the NL Central. And I went right through and looked at how the Milwaukee Brewers have fared against some of the other NL Central teams. This season, they're 6-0 and against the Pirates. They're 7-2 and against the Reds. 5-5 five and five against the Cubs. 4-4 four and four mm. against the St. Louis Cardinals. 
So it's just they've split then, Rowdy. They've the split Cardinals. two four-game series with the Cardinals earlier this season. Interesting. And the Cardinals. So last week we were talking about the Cardinals were going up and the Brewers were going down. Uh, well, thank God for the Cincinnati Reds after the sweep their first <laughs> <Yeah>. since May. <laughs> we it's love the, you, Cincinnati. It's the get me right. It's it, it's the slump buster. You put on your Skechers, you get out there that night, and you 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 slump bust, baby. And that's the Cincinnati Reds. All right. So uh, looking here, Rowdy. Um. At this Milwaukee Brewers team, is the offense shaking off the Russell? Is the offense waking up finally? Is that what it feels like to me or to you? Well, Hunter Renfro and Willie Adamas seem like they're starting to kind of get back in the swing of things when it comes to swinging the stick. Yep. Like Hunter Renfro hit three bombs over the weekend, one in every single game against the Reds. Willie Adamas, I think, added a couple home runs over the weekend. Luis Arias had a couple of big, big hits. Those are all guys that. Well, Willie Adamas was out for three plus weeks. Plus he struggled when it comes to hitting the ball at a higher average. Mm-hmm. Luis Arias looked really good for a month. And then the second month was really bad. And he missed the, he missed the entire first month. So he hasn't been consistently playing well. Hunter Renfro, after coming back from that hamstring injury, didn't swing the bat well for like two weeks. Also helped coincide with when the Brewers were playing terrible baseball. But all of a sudden, those three guys were three that were swinging the bat decently well. Then Christian Yelich started to have, not that he was adding much power or production, but he was getting base hits. does he get on base? He was still getting on base. He had the nine-game hit streak. It seemed like the offense started to kind of turn the wheel again, and they started to get a little bit better and yeah. almost seemed like they were coming out of that slump. But let's see if they can continue that in a home series against the solid Cardinals team with some pretty decent pitchers that are matched up to go for the Cardinals this week. Let's go. I mean, baby. Miles Michaelis has been throwing the ball extremely well this year. He's five and four on the season with an ERA of two six two. That's nice. Yeah, and then Corbin Burns on the bump for the Milwaukee Brewers, and Burns has uh, his last outing was uh, pretty damn good. So the Cy Young Award winner, the yeah, Burns for the year four and four with an ERA of two five two. So there you go. Going to be a nice little matchup tonight. Uh, I wonder what the over under is on that. I probably should go look at that. All right. Uh, so just looking at the series in general, game one tonight, first pitch, seven ten. Michaelis Burns. Uh, those are two really good pitchers. I would say edge Milwaukee. Clearly, Corbin Burns is a little bit better than Miles Michaelis, especially the reigning Cy Young, throwing the ball a little bit better numbers-wise than Michaelis as well. But then you look at game two, you have Flaherty, who's just coming back. He's made, I think, one or two starts since coming back, and it hasn't... It hasn't been great, but also you have to remember this is a guy that's hardly pitched for two seasons. Ashby is like the most unlucky Brewers pitcher that they have. Anytime it seems like the start is going well, something, whether it's errors or him giving up home runs, seems to occur. Game three, you have Wainwright versus Lauer, two, two guys that are both having really good seasons. And then game four on Thursday afternoon, it's Dakota Hudson versus... Jason Alexander. The summer of Jason Alexander continues on, baby. He got his first win on Saturday. Woo! And if I continue to to go through the weeds and look at these numbers, Burns historically has been better at home. Michaelis has been a little worse on the road. I would say game one, Edge Milwaukee. Hell yeah. You look at game two, I think that's a complete toss-up. Ashby looks good sometimes, but we know that Flaherty can be really, really good. 
His first start back was his first, like I said, in a while. So give him a break for that. I'll go game two as a toss-up. You look at game three, Wayno versus Lauer. Lauer's been really good. His numbers this season and historically have been better at home, but this year it's been even crazier. ERA barely over one at home this season and over five on the road. And Wainwright has always been historically about one full run lower at home. So I'd say maybe slight advantage Milwaukee. And then but Jason you, you Alexander, can never baby. count out Wainwright. And then never count out Jason Alexander in the summer of George. And then, yeah, we have random Jason Alexander, who's been around for five starts. Everyone keeps doubting him. Continues to exceed the expectations that everyone had for him. And then there's Dakota Hudson, a guy that's been solid, not great, and has performed better at home. I mean, it arguably feels like a game the Brewers should win tonight, but all four, you could say, are toss-ups. Need at least a split. So are we happy with a split, then? I'll take a split. You go into Friday, the Friday uh, weekend series with the Toronto Blue Jays still tied atop the uh, yep. the NL Central with the Cardinals, plus what you'd be... You would be... What are they? 38, 38 and 30? And 30. So you would be 40 and 32 heading into a weekend series? I I would take it. I mean, the Cardinals and the Brewers are four and four already this year against yeah. each other. You would be six and six. You would have played three four game series and you'd have split all three. I'd take it. Now, if all of a sudden the Brewers win the first two games of this series and you're sitting there going, it's time to get greedy. Exactly. Time to get greedy. Uh, young Ben Kenny. Have you become a believer yet in one Jason Alexander? Every time I ask you about him, there's always doubts creeping from you and Rowdy. He got his first win on Saturday, Jason Alexander. I mean... Come on, baby. No. The su- the summer of Jason Alexander continues. Like, he's done well. He has impressed me at every stop. I didn't think he would last this long. But it still feels like when he's out there... that it, <laughs> He's, it's he's one, walking the tightrope? One pitch away from just disaster. <laughs> he always gives up like seven, eight hits. Strikes out like one guy. Well, it, it's like the it's like the dam in like those like Looney Tune cartoons where you start to see the cracks. Like you like know Bugs at some point it. because they're featuring a dam in Looney Tunes that it's going to break. Yeah, it's inevitable. And, and we know that he's not going to continue to do this, but as long as they continue to ride him until those floodgates open, especially with Woodruff down, we we still don't know how long it'll take for him to come back. They're hoping. You know, so he, had a, roughly, he had a good session yeah, in, in the minors. But that's the thing. Now he has to go and pitch at Appleton. That has to go well. Then hopefully he gets to Milwaukee. We're talking about once they started rehabbing Woodruff, they're hoping two weeks at a minimum he would be back. Freddie Peralta's probably not till at least August. You still have to find at least that one arm. Yeah, Jason Alexander has been there. He might only have one more start left in him where he doesn't get rocked. House money with Brewers, Jason Alexander. You just keep pitching him until he does get rocked. And he got his first win again on Saturday. What's more likely to see at American Family Field? A Jason Alexander jersey or a dude picking up chicks with Skechers on? Probably the latter. (laughs) I'm going to say a dude picking up chicks with the Skechers on. Yeah, There are some impressive jerseys. You know, there is actually a lot of alcohol at at American Family Field, too. Do you think they actually make Jason Alexander jerseys? I don't know. I, I, I think you got to so. go to the custom shop. You got to get a custom jersey, and then you got to fill it out yourself with Alexander. Or if they do, they're like the joke 
joke Jason Alexander like uh, Yankee jerseys from Seinfeld. Jason Alexander, which would be a good touch, but yeah, he's one to know with a two. I bet you have a a better shot at finding a George Costanza jersey than a Jason Alexander jersey. Boys, here it is. I'm on BrewersApparelShop.com. Oh, there, yeah. Uh, ooh, on sale. Once $179.99, you could pick yourself up a Jason Alexander men's Milwaukee Brewers jersey for $69.99. Man, they're really trying nice. to capitalize on Jason this, Alexander's This is on Brewers, BrewersApparelShop.com. So they know he's about to blow up. Yeah, for another win. And listen, he, he 1-0 with a 2-4. Wildly surprising. But his... his you fifth, can get... Oh, you can get the you can get the navy ones for fifty nine ninety nine. Oh. Hmm. Ben, I would be. Surprised. This would look great Brewers, with some Velcro sketchy hey, shoes. Brewers are trying to capitalize on Jason Alexander's success here because there would be times in the past where you would have a young guy that came up and played decently well. You couldn't get a jersey in the Brewers team store for forever, and now all of a sudden they have a freaking Jason Alexander, and the dude's made like five starts. His strikeouts per nine is 3.2. <laughs> like, he stri- he strikes like guys? one guy out a game. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? We're, we're celebrating a success story. That's what we're doing. He's done well, but the Brewers are smart to put those jerseys on super, super clearance. Oh, well, if we had, just like, got to win. If anything, I'd charge more money. If you have a pro Brewers commentator, so like we'll say like a Bill Schroeder, so rocks up there. Yep. <laughs> Good ground ball pitcher, bud. Good ground case, ball. Case per nine is around three. But good ground ball, good pitcher. ground ball pitcher. His, his pick his jersey up for fifty nine ninety nine. His whip is one point seven. Yeah, there's been a lot of <laughs> like, come on since since his We're second celebrating start. Celebrating success story. Since his second start, there's been a lot of hard contact. Well, he, and think, a lot of guys on base. I think he's the, done a good job, but it, literally, do you it, have the most strikeouts in a game? I think it's two. I think it's he's got. I think his most is two strikeouts. It could be three, but I think it's two. Soon. I think Sketch, I think Sketcher should sponsor him. That oh, and he would well, take actually. he would take yeah. a Sketcher sponsorship. Sketchers, if you're listening, sponsor a guy, Jason Alexander. Yeah, his most strikeouts is three. That was his first start when he went seven innings, gave up two to the Cubs. Yeah, he always goes like I mean, he always gives up like seven, eight hits, strikes out like two guys. So that Phillies game, he pitched really well, and that was surprising. I was wrong about that, even though the Phillies had two to three guys on base every single inning. But look yeah, at the but other yeah, teams he's faced. Give credit to Jason Alexander, though. He's unfazable. He can't. He doesn't crack. He's faced the Cubs. He who doesn't suck. crack. He's faced the Nationals, who suck worse. He could and be like that damn. The he's talking about. He doesn't crack, though. He doesn't crack. He has faced probably the three worst teams in the National League. So. And he loaded the bases, not Saturday, but the start before he had. He loaded those bases up, and what did he do? Worked his way right yeah, out but of it. When you're short, Doesn't crack. When you're short arms, the Brewers have to get every last little drop of ability and talent that Jason Alexander has. I think he's just starting to scratch the surface. I think we're going to have four strikeouts coming up. What was that Thursday? I don't know. Four strikeouts. I think Jason Alexander peaked in college. <laughs> or did he even go to college? I know he was at Long Beach State, and then I think he went to a JUCO. Hell yeah. Look at this guy. This guy rules. So speaking of uh, 29 years old, Long Beach State, I used to, you know, college baseball is not on TV that often. Normally, even, you know, 10, 15 years ago, they only put 
the super regional and the college world series on TV. Now you're starting to see it more and more with the big 10 networks and like the sec networks, you get to see more games broadcasted, but growing up, there was this shortstop for long beach state that I thought was phenomenal. And you only got to watch a few games. So I got a long beach state hat. Turns out that shortstop's name ends up being Troy Tulowitzki. Oh, he is pretty decent. So he was pretty good, but Long Beach State, they used to be the dirtbags. Dude. Yes. The mascot? They used to be dirtbags. Long Beach State. You could you there were hats where it was like the L and the B and on the back would say dirtbags. And that's the the hat you have, right? And now it's like I think they're the 49ers or there's something like they yes, changed it cuz someone got upset about the thing being dirtbags. Yeah, now it's Prospector Pete is the uh the mascot. Dude, the Long Beach dirt bags. That right there, that's why minor league baseball rules. They have some of the coolest logos and mascots and names until you puss out and go to Long... What, what are they now then, Rowdy? The, the, I think they're like the Long Beach State 49ers or Miners or something oh, like that. Oh, lame. Rocket and Rocket Proud. Uh, speaking of minor leagues, here's Brandon Woodruff's rehab start at AAA Nashville. Two and two-third innings, two hits... One run, one walk, and seven strikeouts. They said he went pretty good for himself. Well, that's a good sign, especially because when you have the circulation issues in your hand, when you're a pitcher, it's all about grip and finger pressure on baseballs, whether you're throwing a... Because remember, he said it was on his curveball. If you're throwing a fastball, you clearly just have the ball like this. But when you start throwing the off-speed pitches where you might have more pressure on one finger or or whatever, that's where he was saying he was having an issue, and that makes sense with the circulation issue, not being able to feel your fingers. Good sign there. Now it sounds like the second step for him was going to be a rehab stint in Appleton, which obviously makes him closer to Milwaukee, and then it would be Milwaukee if everything went well. So that rehab... Excuse me, that rehab uh, start was on Saturday, correct? Yeah. So then at the earliest, he wouldn't be available for another 10 days. So not until, not this week, but next week, if all went well. Yeah, that's Saturday. Yep, Saturday. So uh, he's the big woo making his way back. So there you go. Man. The Jason Alexander slander. Jason Jason Alexander will stand by for that slander. Jason Alexander, Ben, will have tonight... We'll probably have another start and maybe weasel his way into a, th- a third start. What if I were to tell you that I looked at my crystal ball and said that the Brewers would win the World Series this year and Jason Alexander put the team on his back and was the World Series MVP? Jason Alexander's like Bitcoin. <laughs> he has quickly ascended he never to got a very high. high peak and he is about to come crashing He may be down. like Dogecoin. Yeah, he, he never... He'll never get to 66,000. Dogecoin got up to its highest at 70 cents. Now it's down to five. Okay, he's Dogecoin. Not a big power rankings guy, but sometimes desperate times call for desperate measures. Especially when we're in this kind of lull of sports. Stanley Cup Finals going on. Uh, game three tonight. Avalanche looking to go up 3 nothing after whooping up on the Lightning. 7 to nothing on Saturday. Wow. Basketball, NBA, done. You got 
I was, and I said this what in the six, six o'clock already. The dog days of summer. It's not even summer yet. Summer what? We found out starts tomorrow. Yes, first, <laughs> first official day, day, day of summer, summer is, is tomorrow. tomorrow. Uh, but power rankings here after the Brewers sweep. The Cincinnati Reds won five out of their last seven. Uh, no surprise here was at top. Yankees won, Mets two, Dodgers three, Padres four. The Toronto Blue Jays are five. Uh, number eight belongs to the St. Louis Cardinals, who uh, just lost their series to the Red Sox and are playing now against the Brewers starting tonight. Uh, but I'm going down a little bit on the rankings here, Rowdy. Uh, previously ranked eighth. Now uh, had slipped a little bit. Your Milwaukee Brewers sitting at number 13 for the power rankings, one spot behind the Boston Red Sox. Well, I think it makes a little bit of sense, the fact that they fell, right? I mean, we went through two brutal weeks of Brewer baseball. It was bad, dude. Uh, The Brewers' eight-game losing streak came to an end, uh, not before they dropped into second place in the NL Central thanks to an offense that ranked 25th in OPS and a pitching staff that ranked 29th in ERA last week. They say the Phillies and Nationals uh, bludgeoned them while Josh Hader finally looked human, giving up two home runs in the same inning. Now, it makes sense for them to drop a little bit below eight, in my opinion. Uh, it makes sense to me. But to be 13th, I think that's a little low. They say right here, this is probably who Milwaukee really is. A team fighting for a wild card spot. But they can always turn it around in a week NL Central. Uh, what's the publication on this? This is Espen, four-letter network. So all the publications picked the Milwaukee Brewers to win the NL Central. Yes. I really didn't see anywhere, whether it be the FanDuel's, Bavada's, you know, the DraftKings. Everyone had Milwaukee Brewers as the odds-on favorite to win. Cardinals were odds-on favorite to be second in the Central. (laughs) I... I don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily get these things, and I don't understand this thing or the, the reasoning behind ESPN saying maybe this is who Milwaukee is. They've had two-fifths of their starting rotation go down. They've been out for at least, what, close to a month now? Yes. They had Hunter Renfro go down for two-plus weeks. Willie Adam is down for three-plus weeks. Colton Wong has been down now for at least a week. Andrew McCutcheon missed over two weeks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Narvaez missed a week. Uh, who am I missing? Oh, Luis Arias missed a month. Mike Brasso. He's he's at least at two weeks now. Yep. I mean, tough the injuries just keep adding up here. Well, this is probably who Milwaukee really is. A team fighting for a wild card. I would say, one, they had a ton, and we haven't even mentioned the bullpen. Gustave, down. Cousins has been down since, like, the third week of the season. Locaine, DFA'd. Um, <laughs> you had Hater miss probably yep. about a week total. I think Hater's back for this series, if I remember correctly. But he missed two different series due to the the uh, birth and, and issues with the pregnancy with his wife. Yep. I mean, they've had a ton of injuries. Now they didn't play good baseball for about a two, two and a half week span. There's no doubt about that, but to drop them down to 13th and say, this maybe is who they are. They haven't been healthy. I think you can go back and find, there was like a tweet a while ago that talked about how the Milwaukee Brewers were only healthy with everyone on this roster for four days, (laughs) four days out of the season. That's crazy. 
So I wouldn't necessarily say this is who they are. Yep, this is who they are, Rowdy. We're and, always right. We're and if it is, this is who they are. They're still tied for the NL Central. And don't get me wrong. I was frustrated as anyone when they were losing a lot of baseball. But to have them at eighth not too long ago and then drop them all the way down to 13th, you can just go and grab teams by records and you can't come up with 12 teams better than the Milwaukee Brewers record-wise. So above them, the Red Sox at 12, the Twins at 11, the Giants at 10, uh, the Rays at 9, Cardinals are at 8, who are... Identical record as the Brewers. Or the Braves at seven. Strohs at six. Uh, I'll say this, though. Right below the Milwaukee Brewers. So Brewers at 13th. Right below the Milwaukee Brewers. Joe Girardi be damned. The Philadelphia Phillies at 14. Previously ranked 15th. Yeah, they're a good baseball team now. <laughs> uh, they've got rid of the problem. I, yeah, I saw an article Ben over the weekend that the Phillies said that uh, uh, we used to lose games that we shouldn't have lost. Now we're finding ways to win games we shouldn't win. Yeah, it's it's hard to explain, but they just were in purgatory for ten years, where whenever there was a one run lead in the ninth, they'd probably lose. Whenever they were up a couple runs in the seventh, and one little thing goes wrong, they'll probably lose. Mm. They lost that game seven to one, mm. unless they played the fish. Yes. Uh, but now, actually, that is part of the turnaround. Now they're winning those games. So yeah. wildly impressive. It's fun now. Uh, the team, I think, 15-3 and three since the uh, Joe Girardi got canned. Wow. Hot, so, hot, hot. Big time run. Hot, hot, the hot, boys hot, are hot, back. Hot, 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 Yeah, right. I mean, from the Brewers, this is probably who they were all along. A wild card team fighting for it. Well, I remember everyone saying that they're winning the NL Central. Yeah, and now... Pretty much every publication said they were going to win the NL Central, and every expert had them pegged at winning it. And now this is actually who they are when they've had a ton of injuries. Yeah. And let's on top of the ton of injuries, you had a really bad two week stretch, but you had, uh, you had the injuries, and on top of that, you have Christian Yelich, who you hoped would bounce back and at least be somewhat borderline All Star. He's not that. Lorenzo Kane had by far his worst career year until he gets DFA'd. Mm-hmm. Luis Arias all of a sudden for a, about a month couldn't hit a baseball and he was out earlier. Like there, there was a lot of guys having down seasons. There's more guys having down seasons for the Milwaukee Brewers than ones you would consider having good seasons, good, good seasons <laughs> say, oh, or, good. Or, or like better seasons than normal. Yeah. There's very few guys that you could say, we're having better seasons than normal. Maybe you could say Hunter Renfro, but his numbers power-wise have been pretty close. Rowdy Telez maybe a little bit better, but everyone else offensively has been even even or down. All right, we'll take a step You're back still here. still right there. Uh, our guy G-Dub, and Ben, you like this. Our guy G-Dub on Twitch said, I just watched a Vice documentary on fandom. And boy, do they make Philly fans look like real a-holes. Great. Just, just can't can't shake the stigma of it, man. Just can't yeah, shake I, it. I don't know. I don't know what to say to that. Say it's, why? You, I say, Gita, why are you watching Vice? It's not surprising. That's what all these all these platforms. You say do. you say the mainstream media is out to get you guys to look like a-holes. Always have been. Yep. Damn, unbelievable, man. <laughs>